Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. And on today's show, we are sponsored by StravaCraft Coffee as well, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. You can go to StravaCraftCoffee.com and get 20% off your order when you use code DNVR20 when you purchase. And, of course, you can sign up for their subscription service where you can get it in two, three, six, or eight-week packages where you get 20% off every single time. So jump on that offer while you can. We're jumping into the Vegas expansion draft on today's show as a bit of prep for our Seattle expansion draft show coming up. So we're going to look at what tomorrow, Vegas right? did. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be doing Seattle. So we're looking at what Vegas did, what they did right, what they did wrong, and I guess more so what the teams that were getting picked from did right and wrong, um, which should be an interesting topic. Uh, certainly you have to think Seattle next in the coming expansion will be at a bit of a disadvantage because all these teams have gone through this once before with the same rule set. The one thing that may keep that from happening is the flat salary cap. True. Where teams might be more desperate to dump cap. And as we're going to see the teams that were desperate to dump cap paid a significant price to do so. Yep. So, I mean, should we just start with the Avs then? Uh, first of all, if you haven't read AJ's article on DNVR, go read it. It's excellent work from him, breaking down the majority of the teams, at least, that had impact things actually happen. Yeah, uh, there were probably 10 teams I didn't even didn't even mention in that piece because it was just like, whatever. Like, Detroit lost Tomas Nosek. Irrelevant, cool. yeah. <laughs> so... Starting with the Avs, uh, their protection list, first of all, was Sven Androgetto, Blake Como, Matt Duchesne, Rocco Grimaldi, Gabe Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon, Matt Nieto, Eric Johnson, Tyson Berry, Nikita Zadorov, and Semyon Varlamov. First of all, interesting that only Landeskog, McKinnon, and Johnson of that list are still on the team. Yeah. I would be curious to go through more teams and see how many of their protection lists are still actually there. Yeah. Um, just just out of curiosity to see, you know, what's up. I'm I'm actually browsing through some of these right now, and some of them are all these guys are still here, and some of them are like nah. Like Carolina's list is gonna be quite a bit different. Well, and, and like keep in mind a lot of this is a value proposition too, right? The Avs ended up trading Duchesne and Barry and Zadorov for significant value later on down the line yeah and like teams are in teams ended up in different situations yep you know as as time went on where it was like Semyon varlamov left in free agency and none of us batted an eye because it was like this is why you got phil grubauer yep this is the exact reason and at the time he had just taken the job from varley in the second half of the season and then had an excellent postseason where it was like, well, Grubauer's the guy Clearly going forward. He's the guy, yeah. There are no more question marks about this position. You so know, fast yeah. forward a year, and it's a, a whole bit different bit. story. But that's uh, that's the way the times change, I guess. Um, for the AMS, though, uh, this list was unimpressive. Now you have to remember they're coming off the worst season in franchise history, right? Which some some nice players like Johnson, Barry, Zadorov, Varley, McKinnon, Landis, Cock, Duchesne, all good players. 
Matt Nieto, they had just claimed off waivers. Rocco Grimaldi played four games for them yep. and would go on to play six more for them before he left in free agency. Blake Como and Sven Andragetto also left in free agency without really much thought of bringing them back. Um, Andragetto, now I believe the owner of a multi-year deal over in Europe. Yep. And Blake Como in Dallas or was in Dallas. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know if his contract's up or not. Uh, but yeah, so certainly if this is what you're protecting, there's not a huge amount of pickings left on a team like that. I think right. the highest forwards were an expiring Carl Soderberg or Carl Soderberg had a year left, but he had just he had, had the disaster year. Right. Yeah. Carl Soderberg had three years left at 4.75 million and he was coming off a 14 point season. Yep. And then the so pick, not a lot of intrigue there. Yeah, not no one was interested at the moment. Uh, we were all kind of low key hoping Soderberg would get picked because it was like just go up. Yep. And if you look back on it, they probably actually should have taken him, given because his return to form. Sure, yeah, they've been looking like they paid Paul Stasny to be their two C after that first year when everybody had career years. You know they. You know, it, life was great when Cody Eakin and William Carlson and Eric Howla all had career <laughs> years at the same time. Yeah, life was grand. But when all of those guys returned to earth in some form, they had serious work to do. And you could make the argument that not taking Soderberg was one of the few whiffs that they had that Vegas actually had. Had they taken him? He would have been a stable center right in the middle of that lineup up until the end of that contract. Instead, they end up taking Calvin Pickard, who they would trade away for a sixth, was it, to, to it Toronto? Sixth, a sixth and and, a, and somebody else. Yeah. Um, it was Tobias Lindbergh. Okay. Yeah, so a sixth-round pick in Tobias Lindbergh because... Uh, they claimed Malcolm Subban off waivers from Boston, who became their backup. Yep. And, um, you know, no need for picks then. So they moved him to Toronto. And that was the beginning of a very well-traveled career for picks. Yeah, picks bounced around quite a bit after that. Is he still in Detroit? I think he's still in Detroit. Um, but he went to Arizona at one point. I think he was with Philadelphia for a little while. Well, he just kept getting claimed off waivers by teams yeah. that had goalie injuries. Exactly. So, <clears throat> and you remember at the time, those were the only two controversial decisions the Yams had to make. Yep. Because there were a lot of people that said protect Pickard. Um, I have it on pretty good authority that had Varley been available in that draft, uh, Vegas would have taken Varley. And he would have been the starter, and the flurry deal never would have happened. I mean, I think a lot of Avs fans look at Pickard in some pretty burgundy-colored glasses. If you look at that last year there where Pickard got the opportunity to play every day, it wasn't good enough. Oh, yeah, he was nowhere near good enough uh, as the starter, and everybody was ready to make a million excuses for him. Yep. Um, but the reality, the reality was that he just wasn't very good. Yep. He had a he had a soft goal problem, and it, oh, it is what it is. God, that short side goal problem drove me crazy. Yep. 
it, where he would just give up that one like over the shoulder with a guy yep. like three feet away from him and it was, oh how'd that sneak in there and you're yep. like again yeah <laughs> but you know by all accounts was a great guy and oh was an awesome dude and i think the the hype on him was that he had two stints before that he had yeah. a 16 game stint where he had a 932 and a 20 game stint with a 922 in pre- in prior years that were and very, so it was like very quality oh, yeah. this this guy could be a serious player and he was always a good AHL goaltender yep and then he just didn't have it you know with uh with the with the abs that year he got thrust into the starting role dipped down to a 904 and just fell apart so I mean, the reality of the situation is the Avs ended up in one of the as one of the teams who came out of the expansion draft the best. Maybe totally. not, not quite Thomas Nosek level deal like Detroit had, but pretty darn close. Well, and, and at the time, like Detroit was one of the teams like they had some guys that were available. Yep. You know, they they had I believe I believe they that was when um, Mrazek was still there. Yeah, I think so. And one of those one of those guys was was still available. And so when they 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 had some guys that they could have taken from teams that would have absolutely made them better. And they just said, "No, we're good." They they had their guys and they they stuck to their guns to a certain extent, which I mean, obviously things worked out pretty okay for Vegas with some of the picks that we'll get into and um uh, the fact that they made the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year. But... Yeah, it's it's funny because if you go back and you look at that team, you still look at it and you're like, how did they make the Stanley Cup Finals? And then you just realize, look, like they got got, they got lucky. Like they they seriously had an entire roster of guys who had career years at the same time. Something that I'm a little concerned about with Colorado next year. They yeah. just had a bunch of guys who had career years last year. How good are those guys when they kind of come back to earth a little bit? Yep. Now, it's a little different because some of those Vegas guys were, you know, I mean, we're talking some even even guys like David Perron, like guys who have been around for a while. Just popped off, yeah. Yeah, just, just had crazy years where you're like, what? It didn't make any sense. Yeah. And, and then you have... You know, like William Carlson had a 40 goal season. William Carlson's proven himself to be plenty good NHL player, but he's never going to, he's never coming close to that. Nate Schmidt ended up being a top pairing defenseman for them and a legit one. Like those were guys that needed opportunity and had career years. Yep. Not like the, you know, David, David Perron never had 60 points in a season in his entire career goes to Vegas and puts up 66 and then goes back to, to St. Louis the very next year and has a 46 point season. Yeah. And you're like, okay, <laughs> whatever. And last year has 60 points again, like randomly. It's, so that's why they play the games, I guess. Right. But it's, it's just their whole roster was like that. You know, Colin right. Miller had 40 points. Seemed like from everyone was playing in, unconscious basically yeah pr- pretty much man i mean you you look at those guys and say okay but which of those guys had career best seasons that one year yep. and it's an awful lot of them 
this, I mean, I don't think they make the finals without some of those performances. Certainly. Oh, well, for sure. And they got the big bounce back, especially from flurry. Yep. Who had just been so mediocre in Pittsburgh and then had the huge bounce back, had that huge run uh, their first year and has slowly gotten a little worse each year to the point where last year he just got straight replaced. Yep. And, you know, people still talk about him, you know, oh, he was he was on the market all summer. Well, yeah, she could go get that guy because he's his name is Marc-Andre Fleury, and I know that guy, and he used to be good. Well, he's still in Vegas now, so. Yeah. Um, we do need to take our first period break there and acknowledge DraftKings Sportsbook. If you haven't heard this weekend, Gonzaga versus Baylor, bet a dollar to win a hundred bucks if you can pick the winner of that college basketball game. AJ right. says it's easy money on Gonzaga all day. Uh, you can also do a handful of other bets on all sorts of sports, top to bottom across the whole world, whether it be UFC fighting, table tennis, basketball, hockey in Europe for the leagues that are still happening. Anytime a sports league gets up and running, you know you can find it over on DraftKings to make a bet on it. And for new users, they're bringing back the $1,000 sign-up bonus when you use code DNVR. So be sure to jump on that and get all of that money to play with. Bunch of can't-miss offers. Check out their odds boost, which change every single day, where you can win some good money as well. Just download that top-red DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up for your shot to turn $1 into 100 bucks on that Gonzaga-Baylor game and get that $1,000 sign-up bonus with the DNVR code. Limited time only at DraftKings draftkings.com slash sportsbook must be 21 or older Colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough restrictions apply see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 second period of the DNVR avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook continuing on through this list should be interesting because there are a lot of different routes that were taken. Some good, some bad, some just straight up uh, where they said, do what you want to do. Uh, let's start with Vegas's mistakes. Uh, AJ, I don't know if you can hear me right now, but Vegas's mistakes include, well, you can make a case for Pickard. You could certainly make a case for taking someone like Thomas Nosick, but when it comes to actual moves they made instead of just making a pick and and acquiring trade value from Buffalo, Buffalo gave Vegas a sixth round pick to take William Carrier. Carrier still with Vegas, so I guess they have that going for them. But yeah, and Vegas is a uh, Carrier is a solid fourth line player who just got a four year deal. Yeah, it's a very cheap deal. It's like like 1.3 million or something like that. So it's like, it's really, really cheap. Um, but it's still a four year deal for a, a fourth line guy. Mm -hmm. Buffalo loses another depth player. that certainly they could have used given the non NHL players that they ended up having to play. <laughs> yeah. That they've struggled to put, um, in their lineup over the years. Uh, but like, it's, this is a fourth line guy. So it's not that big of a deal. They gave up a sixth uh, to make Vegas take a, a bottom caliber NHL player, basically. Yeah. Just not. It's it's fine. 
And then Carolina gave up a fifth to have Vegas select Connor Brickley, which a good piece of business from Carolina there for sure. Didn't give up like, let's be honest, Buffalo, same thing. A sixth and a fifth round pick is not much value. Yeah, to to for them to walk out of there, they were completely fine with that. Yep. They they walked out of there having given up late round picks for players that are not haunting them in any way. Yep. Like Carrier still being there, cool for Vegas, but not, Buffalo's not sitting there not lamenting big impact, that. Right. So and it felt like Vegas could have done better, certainly based on some of the other moves they made that we'll get to in a second. So when you look at these two, you, you kind of shrug your shoulders and say Vegas didn't really get great value. Um, yeah. And look, part of the story is that you have to draft 30 players. You have a 23 man roster. Sure. They, you keep, they took, they had 10, de- they had 10 defensemen at the end of this thing. And they did that purposely because the the league values defensemen. Yep, can get value and, retrading those guys. Right, and so they, the guys that were we're not really going to spend very much time talking about, but they took Trevor Van Riemsdyk, David Schlemko, Mark Mathot, and Alexi Emelin, and they traded all of those guys to other teams. Yep, a bunch of arguably not even top four defensemen. And ended up getting value by moving on from those guys. Like their their intent was maybe not those three specifically, but their intent was specifically to move on from some of the defensemen that they picked, even on expansion draft night. Yeah, those four defensemen that they moved, they got uh, two second rounders, a third rounder, uh, a goaltender prospect, and a fifth round pick just for just for taking those guys and moving them elsewhere. <clears throat> so that's how that's how they built the the cache of picks that they did. Is that they took a bunch of guys, they moved them, you know, Calvin Pickard, they got a sixth, they got a sixth round pick in return for that guy. And that doesn't consider any of the other trades that they made in in order to select certain players, which is how they really built their team. They built their team as much through the deals that were that they agreed to to select guys. As they did in just straight selecting guys. Yeah, very true. Ended up, I mean, in the long run, especially, in, I know we're getting past the, the their first year, but they ended up using a lot of those pick assets instead of making picks on trying to continue to build a team that could win a championship. Well, when you were when they were that good, it wasn't like they were like, okay, right. well, you know, they ended up with three first-round picks, and... Only one of them remains, you know, yep. they had because they took that they traded Eric Brandstrom for Mark Stone and they traded Nick Suzuki for Max Pacioretty. Yep. Which solidified their top six because they knew they knew that what they got that first year was a mirage. Yep. And they tried to they they tried to turn it into a reality um, to solidify. And they have like they should have they should have been in the second round. Um Two years Two ago, years ago. Yeah. when the whole San Jose fiasco happened, and they they were in the conference finals this year. Yep. So, and they're they're a favorite again. Like they did a really good job of transitioning from "there's no way we belong here" to "we definitely belong here." Yeah, and certainly an interesting team. How they have 
traverse the flat cap era, pulling all sorts of strings to end up with Alex Petrangelo. But you got to do what you got to do. I mean, to lose a Nate Schmidt, but that's still, I mean, that's Alex Petrangelo there. Yeah. So uh, moving back into how Vegas got built here. You listed four particular moves as expensive but fair, starting with Winnipeg, who moved back in the first round 11 spots and gave up a third-round pick to have Vegas select Chris Thorburn. Thorburn was a bottom sixer who is now – is he in the league still or is he out of the league? No, he was a face puncher who was out of the league pretty quickly. Right. So they got him to take the guy they wanted that wasn't going to provide much value anyway, but – they did have to move back and give up a third, which is significantly more expensive than what Buffalo and Carolina gave up to take a bottom six type player. Definitely. But at the at the same time, that was a case of we paid a we paid a decent price. Um, because imagine if Winnipeg just loses a player. I'm not gonna I don't know which one they would have lost. Sure. Um, but they lose a player. Uh and instead of taking Christian Veselinen, they take Nick Suzuki. Yeah. Well, right now Christian Veselainen is struggling to make an impact with that team. And Nick Suzuki's Suzuki would solve their, yeah. <laughs> he would he would solve their center of depth problem in a big way. Yep. Or it looks like he would have the potential to anyway. Sure. So that's you know that it, a meaningful move. Yeah. It, it's one of those what if ripple effects for sure, to say the least. Um then moving on. You also have Tampa Bay, which, knowing what we know today, hard to fault anything that Tampa Bay did, given that Tampa just won a Stanley Cup. So three years in advance, all sins are forgiven when you win the Cup, right, AJ? Okay. Uh, Moving, they ended up giving up a second and a fourth along with Nikita Gusev for Vegas to select Jason Garrison. And Garrison was a cap dump for them. It it helped Tampa significantly as Tampa has been working on their cap situation essentially every single year for the entire second half of this decade. It's been a balancing act for them. So I think... Honestly, I wonder if Vegas could actually have gotten more out of Tampa Bay, given the desperation they had to to give up significant money here to be able to re-sign some of their guys, such as I think Stamkos was up at the time. As as AJ's got to fix his his stuff, I'm sure he'll be back in a second. But Tampa was in a very tight spot where Vegas kind of had him by the short hairs. I think in a lot of ways. That AJ, can you hear me now? Yeah. All right, good. So Tampa Bay, uh, they they gave up a fourth and a second and Nikita Gusev to essentially dump Jason Garrison's money. <clears throat> yeah, that was that was Jason Garrison still had a couple years left. I think he was making like four million dollars. Yep. Um, and he just wasn't any good anymore. Right. He had just stopped being a productive NHL player. And as we know, Tampa Bay has been doing the salary cap dance for a number of years. Uh, Nikita Gusev was, I think, a seventh-round pick who, at the time, had not flourished. Yeah, had not blown up in the KHL the way that he would eventually. I think they probably thought he was a good player, a good prospect, but ultimately, neither. I mean, he he didn't sign in Vegas either. They moved him on, and yep. like he's he's he was fine in New Jersey. 
It wasn't anything special there. My thought was, could Vegas have squeezed a little bit more out of Tampa here, given Tampa's desperation to free up the money? Maybe, but I think that they were fine with Garrison because they kept him around. Yeah. And so I think they were they were happy to see to give Garrison a shot. Um they had to figure out because again, they took 10 defensemen, they traded a handful of them. That meant that they had a bunch of those guys still left, that they had to figure out a top six defense to go and and play with. Yep. And Garrison previously had been a really good player. Uh so I think it was like a, hey, we're gonna give this guy a change of scenery and see if that if that, you know, he discovers the fountain of youth here. Um, he did not, and that's how it goes sometimes. I, I, I mean, they got pretty good. They got Gusev out of, out of him, who they could have made use of, had they not. If if their original plan of building for the future had been what they maintained, Gusev would have been a perfect pick for them. Yep, because he would have slid right into their forward core whenever he was ready to come over. It just turned out that they spent so much money on those high-end guys that by the time he was ready to come over, it just wasn't a good fit right. anymore. But I, I think it was fine. I mean, a second, a fourth, and an NHL player to take Garrison was pretty good, pretty good haul. But Tampa Bay got what they wanted. They got out of the money yeah, that they needed, sure. and uh, Vegas got a good deal out of it. So I, I think that was, I thought that was fair for both sides. Yeah, I, I. I'm okay with it being fair for both sides, certainly. Um, now, we move on to your Islanders, and this one is interesting because they give up a first, a second, Grabowski and Bischoff to make them take their backup goalie in Berube. Yeah. Um, but as you pointed out before the show went on, the Isles were a very specific case where they protected five defensemen yeah, <laughs> and only three forwards. So... Some weirdness going on there, to say the least. Yeah, um, Lad, JT, and Lee were the only guys that they protected, uh, which is kind of crazy in hindsight. Yep. Um, that I mean, Andrew Lad got protected as wild. Um, Different really, times. like, and five defensemen. The crazy part is, is all five of those guys. Um. I guess Hamannick is gone now, but the other ones are still there uh, with Boychuk now retiring. Yep. <clears throat> um, just kind of, kind of was just bad luck for them and the timing of it that, you know, that they had to protect Pulak really. That sucked. Um, but they used that opportunity to dump cap. That was yep. their big thing is that they traded the first and the second and they they used it got to out of Grabowski's contract, yeah, yeah, and because Gr- Grabowski um, was hurt and he couldn't wasn't wasn't yep. able to play anymore, and so they needed to move that money. They did, um, and that's you know that was the thing that they had to get done, but it wasn't like they had to move out money, and they did, and then JF Barube came back to haunt them. You know, like yeah, for sure, JF Barube. Faded I don't, into even, obscurity. I, I don't, I don't yeah. know where it is anymore. Like, it, who knows? So, um, that's it was an expensive price to pay, but I, I think if you're if we're looking towards next year, I think what the Islanders did is what I think we'll see more teams try and get done. 
get rid of um, cap for sure. But the Seattle, obviously, they can't just load up on other people's cap problems and then forget to build a team along the way. Yep. And just be like, well, we have six first round picks. So we're going to be really dope in 2025. But, <laughs> you know, like they can't do that. Yeah. But I think that's the model teams will try to follow where, hey, they gave they gave up serious draft capital, but they're not losing an NHL player. And they're dumping cap. They're solving a problem. Uh, they're they're doing it at a serious cost, but they're not also taking a major hit off the NHL team. Yep. And then, basically, the island that was the agreement that the Islanders made is we we agree to give up. We we agree to take a serious hit in the draft and prospect department. Yep. We agreed, you know, you're going to solve part of our cap problem, but we're not touching the NHL team. And Vegas was like, all right, okay. cool with that. The price, the the price for that was also Jake Bischoff, who was a, a prospect that they liked at the time. Yep. So we saw, you know, Bischoff and Gusev. We saw them go after they targeted specific guys that they liked for the future. in some of these yep. deals, and not and it wasn't just picks. They also got guys. So yep. Dylan Ferguson too, uh, when the when the Dallas deal. Yeah. True. Uh, the last one you have listed in the in the fair deals, we already talked about Flurry quite a bit, but Pittsburgh gave a second to Vegas for them to select Flurry. Obviously, Pittsburgh at that point had fully transitioned into Matt Murray as their starting yeah. goaltender and wanted out from Flurry's contract, basically. Yeah, and I thought that was fair because um, Pittsburgh got what it wanted and Vegas got what it wanted, but it also yep. got a second round pick. Yep. Both teams were were happy to just to, to see that there, and they were like, "Hey, this works out." We're easy good. enough uh take our second period break there and talk about breckenridge brewery got an avalanche amber right here sipping on it you can get dozens of different types of beer from them down at the farmhouse in littleton for pickup curbside or of course you can go to your local liquor store use the breck beer locator on the line to find it near you plenty of other ways to get your beer as well whether it be through drizzly delivery or any number of options go out and get yourself some breck fruit breck brew if you haven't tried their seasonal flavors their christmas beer is delicious cannot recommend it enough i need to get my hands on some i haven't had it in far far too long and we're also sponsored by chevalier mortgage where mike and virginia who have been a longtime broncos fans and supporters of us here at dnvr you can head on over to dnvrmortgage.com or call virginia directly at 303-257-6578 when you go to dnvrmortgage.com be sure to sign up for your free chance to win some dnvr merch and more importantly get yourself set up with a free consultation since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets in your mortgage your largest debt they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home this includes considering your short-term and a long-term planning goals your investments and your tax situation mike and virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation again visit them at dnvrmortgage.com for your chance to win some free dnvr merch and a free consultation Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ, let's get into the bombs. The ones that just did not work out. The one everybody knows is the Florida Panthers, who gave up Riley Smith to get a fourth round pick back to make Vegas pick Jonathan Marcheseau. 
and create basically half of Vegas's top line or two thirds of Vegas's top line. Yeah, and to, in today's second line today, yeah, uh, for them. Oops, what to do in Florida? So some things to consider. Um, Florida is always in a perpetual cycle of spend big money to get excited, miss the playoffs, retract all the contracts, yeah, (laughs) because you miss the playoffs, and then the next year spend big money to get to the playoffs again, miss the playoffs, slash salary, and and on and on we go. This was also done so that they could protect Alex Petrovic. Yep. I mean... Bad call. Not only a bad call, but it was just a bad read on who Jonathan Marjusso was, I guess, because he had just had a 51-point season Yeah. in 16-17. And I guess Florida didn't believe in it. Uh, it was a 30-goal year. He did have a fairly high shooting percentage, but that's you're giving up another quality player to have Vegas take that guy. And then of course he goes to Vegas and has a career year. But when you look at what other teams gave up to make them pick dudes at the bottom of their lineups. Well, and you remember that this was the end of the computer boy era. Yeah. Where Dale Talon rolled back in and was like, Analytics are overrated. Undo everything those GD nerds just did. Yep. And did that. Yep. That This was part of it because they had heart questions with Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault. Oops. Yeah. Got it wrong. The crazy, The craziest part of this is that in back-to-back days, we have dinged Florida for getting it wrong with their forward core and major decisions. Yep. Yesterday with Lawson Krause. Yep. Today with giving away Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau. So, and their top six has still been the strength of their team for years. Yeah, they they just pump out forwards out there. I don't know it what is, to tell you. It's incredible the amount of talent that has churned through Florida in, in recent years at the forward position. And they've blown first round picks. They got both Borgstrom and Kraus wrong. Magic. It's just, it's just crazy, man. It's just <laughs> crazy to me. Uh, uh, but they they are one of the teams that just you know, it was one thing. Like some of these other teams were talking about, they fancied themselves cup contenders. Sure. And they were they were doing it to protect coveted top four defensemen. They didn't want to give up top four defensemen, and that was the biggest thing. Petrovic won that. Yep. And Florida particularly is the poster child of, like, look, you're going to lose something. You may lose something that's tough to swallow, but if you don't give up anything else, you can't completely blow up your your issue. (laughs) Yeah. Because there's a very real possibility, especially when you give up a bona fide roster player like a Riley Smith that you end up on the worst side of it. Um, also in this category, Anaheim giving up Shea Theodore for Vegas to select Clayton Stoner. Obviously Theodore blossomed into a legitimate top four D 
yeah, that's we've talked about that before on this show. Anaheim really good at trading away quality defensemen. <laughs> yeah, um, tough spot there. They gave an NMC to Kevin Bieksa in free agency in order to get him to sign there. He wouldn't waive, so they yep. had to protect Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, and then the and then Kevin Bieksa. They were gonna they they were faced with the prospect of either then going four four and protecting Josh Manson as the fourth defenseman, but exposing. Guys like Ricard Raquel or Jakob Silverberg, um, or just exposing Josh Manson. They got cute with it and they said, Take our seventh defenseman in Clayton Stoner, but we're going to give you our top D prospect in Shea Theodore to make it worth your while. And, and total disaster. Out. Yep. Total disaster. Anaheim would much rather have Shea Theodore than Josh Manson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, just think about their position. I mean, you had they had to know that their window was closing, and so they were desperate. Yeah, sure. Um, and they just they couldn't afford to lose any of their forwards, despite their pro scouting just continued to betray them to get it wrong. Yep. Yeah, at every turn, uh, and the GM like they they are one of the model organizations in the NHL for draft and develop but they are one of the worst organizations when it comes to their pro getting their NHL pro value. Yeah. Just total disasters. Yep. So next up, we have my boy, Alex Tuck getting traded to Vegas from Minnesota for conditional third mm. and for Vegas to select Eric Howla. Obviously yeah. the, the Eric Howla Renaissance in, in Vegas. Yeah. We touched on. Yeah. Had a great year. Injuries hasn't quite been the same, but you know, is a solid like third, fourth line guy, like yep. a solid depth player. And we had one crazy banana year, and like then you just kind of all right, we'll move on. And Tuck ended up becoming a, a staple of their second line. Right. And when you look, when you look at Minnesota draft classes, and you're looking at okay, well, how is it that they have fallen the way that they have into the area that they have in the draft? When you go back and you look, they had a, a stretch after the Matt Dumba pick where they didn't they didn't have a first rounder in 2013. They had a first rounder in 2014. That was Tuck. 2015 was Erickson Eck. 2016 was Cunning. 2017, no pick. So, so a lot of not, mediocre first round picks. And not even getting into what appears to be a complete disaster with Philip yeah. Johansson in 2018. Not even right. going to touch that because it's still too early, but not looking great. Yeah, looking like a total train wreck, to be honest. Um the best of those players is Tuck. And they gave him up. Yep. Oops. They gave uh, him up because that again, that was a team that was trying to protect its top four of uh Dumba, Spurgeon, Suter, and and Brodeen. Yeah. Those yep. are the guys they were trying to trying to keep that top four together. Yep. They did. But at what cost? <laughs> Ironically, the, the best forward they've drafted in, in years. They had the exact same decision next year, but their forward core sucks so much more that they should be able to go four and four very easily. Yep. They could probably even go three and five comfortably. Sean says, should the Evs try to trade a draft pick and leave a player like Joster JT available to keep gravy? We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Um, 
Lux, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to grow all the hair on my head back. It's it's starting to come back a little bit. Working on it. <laughs> um, the final big mistake comes from Columbus, who gave up a first and a second, essentially to dump David Clarkson's contract. But they wanted Vegas to select William Carlson. This is a total disaster for Columbus, yep. in my opinion. Of all the bad moves, I think this one's the worst. Because they weren't, you know, Anaheim fancied themselves a cup contender. Minnesota, too. Columbus wasn't in that position. Nope. And Columbus was desperate for centers. You remember they, in 2016, yep. the top three was pretty solidly considered. Yes. Uh, a a Matthews, few years Lyman, later. Yarby, they take Dubois at three because they need the center. And then in 17, they give up, they trade away, or they, they had traded for William Carlson, buried him on the fourth line for two years, and then enticed Vegas to take him and watched him turn into a second-line center. And Like, he's their 1C, but he's really a 2C. But, I mean, just imagine them hanging on to and providing opportunity for William Carlson, and right. they probably never acquire Matt Duchesne. And, well, they don't really need to. Right, exactly. Um, where where else they they had... Well, what kills me here is that they had William Carlson. Yep. He was on the team for multiple years. Yep. This is a complete... This is internally. They just never gave him the opportunity to, to do what he did in Vegas. Right. And they did... They, they said, take William Carlson so that you don't take Josh Anderson... Or Jonas Corposalo. Yep. That's a mess. Like that, Josh Anderson like, is a good, good player. player, but nowhere near what William Carlson brings. Right. And you they they protected Sergei Bobrovsky. Of course they did. Yeah. Uh but that's I mean the Corposalo years later, Corposalo still isn't right. their surefire starter. It's you're having a legitimate conversation right now about Elvis versus Corposalo. Right. So yeah, protecting I'm, that guy. Yeah, and and so you're talking a potential starting goaltender. Okay. I can understand that argument. But how do you miss on your evaluation of a of a legitimate top six, a top a, a center that plays on your top two lines? Who's very good two way. It's not like he's, you know, it's not like he's a sieve defensively. He's a good player. Yep. How do you miss that? How do you miss it so badly? You had him for two years on your own team and you traded away first and second round picks to dump the David Clarkson money, which that, that sucks. That's its own problem. You know, they finally got a premier free agent to sign with them and Nathan Horton. He has a career-ending injury. They can't, you know, they 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 aren't Toronto. They don't print money, so they've got to find a taker. They end up finding the taker in Toronto to take the bad David Clarkson deal off their hands, and then use Vegas to dump that. Yep. And in the process, lose Carlson. Just a total a total train wreck for them. Not great. Total Not train wreck. This is this is why you don't mess with the water bottle police. Okay. Just bad juju That's around right. David Clarkson. Right. Um, how many of the players that uh, teams bribed Vegas to take used it as motivation? All of them did. Yep. Of course. They weren't even shy about that. That's one reason why it was like these guys all had 
career years. Their whole cup run, they were that was the thing they would all always reference is like, yeah, we're we're the guys nobody wanted, and we're trying to prove ourselves better. And I mean, I think there's some truth to that, but yeah, sure. Uh, denial is a powerful motivator. Yep. You know, but just rejection sucks. None of it's it's a major reason why so many of us don't do things in life. This is we're afraid of it. But it I mean it it for me it only goes so far, right? Like William Carlson didn't become a 70 point player overnight because he got mad. Like there right. was still the talent underneath. This there. isn't this isn't like the Hulk where he's just like the matter <laughs> I get, the more unstoppable I become. Like, right. Not, like, you know, well, William Carlson's not like standing in front of a mirror before a season or before a game three years later looking in the mirror going Columbus didn't want you, bro. <laughs> Columbus didn't want you, bro. Show, you got to show him. You got to show him. Like it worked for a year, but that the magic pixie dust wears off. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I love William Carlson too. I love that dude. I, when the abs were in, when the abs were in a market for a two C, I was very much hoping that he would find his way to to, to Colorado. But he's not going to happen. Wild Bill, the Buffalo Bill, if he comes to Colorado. Sure. <laughs> you could probably sell him on that. There you go. Take him we, up to that grave. We need to do this just for the DNVR shirt. Easy. Yeah. We got to do it for the means. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, as we start to wrap this up, uh, overall, looking at the different phases of it, if you're a bad team, you just give someone up. Like it really yeah. doesn't matter that much. You're right? a bad team. You don't have enough good players to worry about protecting. So protect the good ones and just let the chips fall where they may. Yep. You don't got to get cute with it. If you're a really good team, what we learned is that if you get desperate, they will come after you. They will, they will extract a price from you. And I think that there's going to be a few desperate teams for that Seattle one because of the flat cap before the flat cap. I was thinking 30 NHL teams should just say, just no, let him we're pick not, your guy. Yeah. We're not creating another monster of an expansion <laughs> franchise because we got cute. But now with the cap coming into it and the way that the money is in the league, Seattle's going to be able to sit pretty. And you, I don't know if you've looked at the protection lists that we have prepared have for tomorrow. Yet. Yeah. There are some guys available that if we're, because no trades tomorrow, we're just straight picking 30 guys. But we are going to be able to pick some dudes and then move them around the league all we want. Oh boy! Like there are some there are some guys available. Seattle's like, going to be rich in assets, baby. I, I mean, I can tell you, Matt Duchesne's going to be a Kraken tomorrow. <laughs> Let's go. So, like that's that, and it's not an unrealistic call. Yep. So there there are some teams who are going to be in bad spots for this. Luckily, Colorado was not one of them. Colorado yeah. gets into a bad spot if if Eric Johnson refuses to waive his NMC, and then Colorado decides not to buy him out. Then they're in a bad spot because they lose to Bontaze. But that that spot is one hundred percent of their own creation. Then, yep. At that point, if they choose not to 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 buy out EJ, then that is one hundred percent on them. Yep. So, like. That's that's the thing though is that and we'll get into Colorado spot a lot more tomorrow but they are really they're they're where Washington was where they don't need to pay a price to have anybody 
in particular get selected, but they have a legit player available at every level. Forward, defense, and goaltender, there's an argument to be made for at least one guy getting picked. Yeah. I'd... But each one of those guys, replaceable. For sure. I I think that's the key for the Avs is their true high-end players at all positions are protectable. And that's that's the thing that I really uh, learned when I, you know, going back and because I remembered a lot of this stuff. Yeah. But going back and digging into the context of which teams, like, why did these teams make these mistakes? You know, why did they trade Shea Theodore to take Clayton Stoner? And it was because they wanted to protect Josh Manson. Yep. You know, they they were, they thought they were a cup-winning team that day, so they had to do what they had to do. Had they won the cup, we wouldn't be talking about them as a big loser. That, I mean, I think it helps, certainly helps Tampa Bay's case that they just won a cup. It, it, Sure. It doesn't hurt it. We'll put it that way. It definitely, no, because it all trickled downhill. You know, money that they saved from that guy went into the next guy. The next guy turned into the next guy who turned into the guy that helped them just win the cup. You know, it all all worked out fine for a team like Tampa Bay, a high-end team that gave up a hefty price. And Tampa, again, Tampa's going to be in a bad spot again. Yep. And they're in a bad spot today. Yeah. Like, they're going to before. They're going to lose one of these guys that's probably on our protection list for tomorrow because they just have to clear out money. Yep. But this is that they're in a bad spot again because, well, we'll get into it. But that's tomorrow's show. The big big thing to take away from looking back at Vegas is don't get cute. Yep. You can, you can, you can afford to lose a player. There isn't going to be one single player that the Avs expose who's so important. Even if even if this is like doomsday, right? And for some reason, EJ won't wave and they don't buy him out and they lose Devon Taves. That's a problem. That's bad. But it's but not between shattering disaster. Yeah. Between Bowen Byram, Connor Timmons, and Justin Barron, and maybe even Drew Hellison, there's a decent chance that by the end of that Taves contract, They've replaced him and not missed a beat. Yep. So just there's no reason for the Avs to give up multiple assets unless you're talking about one of the moves like Buffalo did, where you give up a late round pick for right. them to take a bottom tier guy. The the big problem with that is that Colorado has one of the more talent rich rosters that they Seattle's do. gonna get to pick from. And so and accepting how you, right. How do you protect four guys when you're trying to protect Don Skoykom for Jones, right, whoever, that, Chushkin, whoever, yeah. Like, if why why would Seattle take a sixth round pick or a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick or even a third round pick? Why would they take any of those those picks to take Matt Calvert right off your hands? You know, like yep. it doesn't it doesn't make any sense from a Seattle perspective. Yep. And because Colorado just traded two firsts or two seconds away for Taves, they've got to be careful about trading further draft capital. Because they're trying to get cute and who they protect. Yep. Agreed. The only way, the only situation which I would see them trying to trade capital, uh, draft picks, draft capital for the protection of a specific player is the EJ thing and then to protect Taves. Sure. And even, and then, even then, they're going to lose a good forward. Like yep. there just isn't, there isn't an obvious like, one guy to protect situation type yeah, thing. Like yeah. there will, and there isn't like an obvious like 
this guy's bad. Take him. Yeah. On Colorado's roster. True. I know. I know. Forty percent of our audience just reflexively said, "What about Tyson Jost?" But <laughs> for less than a million dollars and for twenty-five points a year, and for I mean, a twenty-two-year-old, Seattle will happily take that. Who would you rather have, Tyson Jost or William Carrier? Tyson Jost. The answer is Tyson Jost. Hundred times out of a hundred, like <laughs> the underlines are similar, but Jost is younger and cheaper. Yep. So that's simple. Um, so like the, there isn't an obvious candidate. Like the, the reason that we talk about Donskoy being like the best case is entirely about $3.9 million. It has yep. nothing to do with the player. Yep. It has, it is entirely about $3.9 million. The flat cap Hook's existence. Yep. That's it. It has nothing to do about us being like Donskoy haters or whatever. Yeah. I'd, so, and the thing is, as you already mentioned, a lot of teams are going to be in the boat of we need to get rid of money. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Got to wrap today's show up. Let you guys know about MSU Denver online. What are you doing differently with your life come spring 2021? Well, MSU Denver, outside? hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> can also head on over to MSU Denver online if you're not going outside. Or you are. Either way, you can take courses online with them. They have hundreds of courses for you to sift through. You can find one that you like. So time and time again, the only thing that will protect you against economic economic downturns, I can talk, I swear, is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers. Go and build your toolbox at MSU. Look, I went there. It's great. I love their online stuff. It was super easy to go at my own pace with that kind of thing. Much prefer to to learn like that. If you're asking me, highly recommend being in classrooms. Yeah, same. Was never a fan of it. Much preferred to to do it my own way. Uh, We had multiple other people who took classes over last summer. You can ask Harrison or Allie about it. Highly recommend. They all were super positive. They said the teachers were great, and all of them come from their field, so they're good networking connections as well. Check out MSU Denver online today. On that note, we're out of here for the day. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for the expansion draft sim that we are doing. Appreciate all of the people who sent in the uh, uh, protection list as well, the same people who did the draft with us last weekend. Looking forward to it. Uh, Yeah, we'll do the draft. I'm sure we'll talk about some trade options, even if we're not doing anything with it, because that's just way too complicated. But yeah, that's it for today's show. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.